is my favorite color is velvet. Why? Because my favorite color is velvet. And you are listening to Pam Manella. That's me and my kid, Tess Lafamina. Hello. And that's it. That's the last word you're saying. Okay. Tess is on uh, vocal rest. No, actually, she's punished. What? I am? Yes. Okay. That's right. You're punished, starting now. For being too sexy. Oh, that was gross. Oh, God, no. <laughs> Ew, what's wrong with you? I haven't done this in a while. Stop. How long has it been? It's only been it's like, like a, two weeks. Two yeah, months. but we went on vacation and like yeah. school and stuff, you know? Yeah. And clearly Drama. she has that adjective sexy on her mind. I don't know why. Maybe because oh, she's looking at me all day. What? Anyway. <laughs> I just tried to counter it. That may not be it. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> We're here with disgusting prison Mike. Yo, you know, yo. On certain days, we call him Prison Michael. Today is not prison one, of Mike. one of those days. And the, Isabella May is here with us as well. The Dementors. Um, they were the worst part. That's right. Yeah, that's, a, that's what Prison Mike said on the Office episode about going to prison okay anyway so we're here we um a lot has happened in since uh the two weeks since we last spoke to you and uh tess and isabella have finished two full weeks of high school of high school nothing like high school musical no singing or dancing i i run into the halls and i just start breaking out and then people just throw their books at me really that must hurt do you say when you say breaking out what do you mean singing like like, I just go for it, you know, I just start singing. I'm like, physics, oh, oh, baby. And then that's it. But like, calculators that make no book. sense. The stupid book. Yeah. Oh, God, that book. Physics sucks. Isabel, it sucks so this is, bad. Isabel, this is a sacred place. We don't bring up the book. We have um, to read this dumb book called Alex's Adventures in Numberland. Like, like, Alice in Wonderland, bitch, mm. no. It's terrible. It really is. No offense to to who? to who? To who? I don't know. To who? Mathematician. Um, Not even mathematicians. Because a lot of mathematicians listen to us. I, I, so that's why I said that. No one, no one goes into the library and they're like, hmm, Alex and the Adventures in Numberland. I wonder what that's about. Oh, I know. What we should <laughs> we should talk about quickly. What? Um, so last weekend, last weekend we went to New York and we saw the Jake Gyllenhaal play, um, called Seawall a Life. It's Broadway show. I think we talked about it briefly the last podcast. So it's two actors, Tom Sturridge and, um, Jake Gyllenhaal. They each do a half of the show and, um, Tess, I really gave her a very stern talking to because, okay, so I had a dream not long before we left for New York, and this was the dream. I'm sitting, we got third row, okay? So, because my mom, you know, she plays like the handicap card. So, <laughs> so we're sitting in the third row and in the dream, and so I realized in my dream that how close we are to the actors. Jake Gyllenhaal walks out on stage well, and the first guy walked out. No, no, this is Wait. the dream I'm talking about. My dream. Oh, okay. I forgot. So Jake Gyllenhaal walks ADHD out. And, a, and really, you know, uh, forgive me because I can't stand when people tell me their dreams. <laughs> but this is a funny dream. It's so telling. So Jake Gyllenhaal walks out. 
looking fine. And I know, and in my mind, I go, oh, crap, I never had the talk with Tess about theater etiquette, like Broadway play etiquette. She's always seen musicals, you know. And this is a heavy play, heavy, you know, subject matter to just keep it together. And as in the dream, as I'm thinking that, Tess gets up from her seat, runs down up the aisle toward the back door and starts yelling, oh my God, oh my God, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. Oh my God, he's so hot. I can't, I can't, I can't. <laughs> so I'm like, oh crap. And so I gave her like this long talking to and you were very good. Um, you barely even spoke to me. Your Helen Keller score was excellent. During the real one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, it, was, it was difficult, but you know, he was looking good. Well, I never really knew what the other guy looked like, except from photos. Oh, my God. When I saw him in person, I was like, whoa. You know who had the hots for him? Grandma. Where have you been all my life? Grandma loved him. Oh. But he was excellent. I thought he was really, like, I thought he his half was so compelling. Oh, and, yeah. Um, he is. His half, I, th- I liked his half more than Jake Gyllenhaal's, but Jake Gyllenhaal's was more, like, enthusiastic yeah yeah but like it was really funny and there was like a lot of like running around oh my god oh <laughs> so my god this. okay so we're third row great seats like uber close to the stage and my mom and won't shut up about the yeah score. she's like she's, she's like, like huh did i tell you what did i tell you are these good or are they good huh <laughs> am i the breast grandma ever or what yeah you know like on and on and like then, only she can and then <laughs> You want you can tell it. So then, in one part, it's very interactive. Jake Gyllenhaal, one part, runs off the stage, runs around the entire theater as he's like talking and doing his part of his monologue, and he cuts in from the right side of the theater to the left side, through the second row. So he's literally his ass is you know like when you are in a movie theater when you have to like sneak into your mm-hmm. seat with mm-hmm. your popcorn he's running through like sorry pardon me sorry pardon me you know these people are like he's sit, almost kind of sitting on their laps kind of not because he's trying to get through he's like sorry steps on your toe sorry sorry you know whatever you can go back to sleep he's just like talking <laughs> shit and then what did and you then say i look over at graham and i go wow great seats couldn't get the second row <laughs> <laughs> Um, but then Tess got to meet them both after and get a picture which was nice it was great yeah so that was was that was a fun highlight and um, yeah so that was a good trip and um, you can see those photos on our Instagram yeah you can velvet's my color it is Um, no it's my color oh I thought it was mine sorry no just mine Um, okay so today we haven't really seen much in the way of movies because there hasn't been a lot of Good ones. Great releases uh, recently, but September will definitely change that. We have watched um, some good TV, so we'll talk about just a few things and uh, keep it brief. I know we always mm. say that and we never do, but I mean it today. I mean it. Yeah, um, Pam took over this whole episode, so. That's why it'll go quickly. Yeah. you know I'm always rushing out of here. Um, okay, so we'll do one Velvet Report about a few uh, things that we watched and some reviews and... Uh, We'll call it a day. Prison, Michael. (laughs) Okay, this is my favorite colors, Velvet. Coming to you live. Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Location. Sorry. 
Um, okay. Now let's, people know where we, we are. We watched. Uh, we saw two we're movies. That big. Let's do the movies quickly because they're older. Well, one is older. So let's start with the older movie, and then we'll go to TV. Okay. Um, the movie we've seen, we saw a few couple weeks ago, was Blinded by the Light, um, which is uh, a movie that's very near and dear to my heart as a big Bruce fan. One through ten. Oh, it's it was the sweetest. It's a ten. It's a ten. What? Yeah, you it's an lived for it. Oh my god, it was it was unhealthy how much I cried yeah. during that, and I didn't even cry at sad. I cried at all of the sad parts, and I didn't even cry. I cried at happy parts. Yeah, let me I, just say this: and if the what, movie was about the what, music, what's of, with the interrupting? What's with the know, interrupting? I have, I have very profound things to say. If the movie, let's say, was not no one cares, was not about Bruce's music, and it was about like Mellencamp. Let's say it was called like. Rain on the Scarecrow instead of Blinded by the Light, I would have thought it was a four. Just an aside. Congratulations. <laughs> what do you want, a medal or something? Okay. Uh. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I had to get that out. Go. You loved it. 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 Yes, I, I did. I loved I'll it t- okay, so very quickly, uh, the movie is about a boy named, a young adult, right? He's like an eight, six, 17. Oh, he's young. He's like he's in high school. Yeah. His name is Javed. He's a Pakistani teenager living so in England. So hot. Oh God. He's everybody's you hot. You have to taint everything with that lust. Hey, if you've never seen it, what it looks like, I gotta give a visual description. It's always the same description. So hot. No. Adorable. Okay. He was okay. It's 1980. Well, I wouldn't say he's okay. I wouldn't say that. That's just mean. It's 1980s, Michael, and it's um. I'm not going to body shame people. Okay. <laughs> it basically talks about how he discovered Bruce's music and the music not only kind of reflects what he's dealing about, dealing with in this kind of very um, small town, in, uh, you know, outside of London that is dealing with a lot of racism because he's Pakistani and um, his father is very old school Pakistani, very traditional. There's one root for him in his father's eyes. There's a lot of hatred um, uh, against the Pakistanis at this time. Um, and there's also a big labor crisis going on. Margaret Thatcher is in charge. Um, mm. His dad's losing his job. It's It takes place. So not only is the music help kind of reflecting what he's feeling, but it's also helping him through it. Um, it takes place in 87, so it would be right around the time of Tunnel of Love. And um, they use 11 Springsteen songs. Um, some she counted. <laughs> I might have. <laughs> All right, tell me what you loved about the movie. I don't know. I I don't know. I just thought, like, they just, like, like it was based on a, re- a guy who's, like, it was his story, and he wrote yeah, a book on it. Yeah, it's a real it. story. Uh-huh. And he wrote a book. Mm-hmm. And I... I don't know. I just thought they did it so great. Like, there was, like, obviously scenes where it felt, like, movie. Musical-ish a little bit. Yeah. Uh-huh. But then there was also scenes that, like, obviously were, like, really touching and very sweet. And it was actually pretty funny at times. Mm-hmm. And it was just, like, it was just so enjoyable that, like, you just, like, kind of wanted to be there. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember, like, when I was watching, like, Bohemian Rhapsody, and, oh, my God, the screen we saw it on was gigantic. It was at least, like, 40 feet. It was huge. Mm-hmm. And I felt, like, when they showed, like, the scene of them at, like, Live Aid, I felt like I was there. And in that movie, the screen wasn't as big, but I just, like, felt like I was there. I was like, whoa, this is weird. 
like to seeing people like singing and running mm-hmm. and it just felt like so awesome and I know I'm, like, using, like, really, like, non, like, descriptive words. Like, oh, it's cool. You are using descriptive words. Thank you very much. But I don't know. I just felt very, like, it just felt very, like, like, happy. It made me happy watching it. Like, obviously, movies make me happy watching it. But, like, when you're watching a movie, you don't, like, your mind doesn't, like, imagine anything because you're, like, watching something. But when you're, like, reading a book, you see a story, you know? Mm -hmm. But I kind of was just, like, picturing everything. Now that sounds like really tripped out and stuff, but well, sound like I'm like high. I was like, and then I saw the screen moving right. in rainbows. You don't get lost in the story. You're reminded that it is a movie because you know there's a lot of times when they almost turn certain scenes into kind of like music videos where you see the actual lyrics of the song on walls. Um, but I thought they chose some good Bruce songs. And well, it was, they chose, you know, like, some all of, the popular songs. Well, some. I mean, yeah, the, the obvious things, Dancing in the Dark and Born to Run. And, That's the best song. And Thunder Road. No cap. But mm. they used a lot off of um, Darkness, which was which was good mm. and very fitting for the era. My favorite album. I don't think they went further than, besides Blinded by the Light, I don't think they went fur- further back than that. Um, but, yeah, Darkness is a brilliant, brilliant record. Mm. Um you know, songs like Factory, you know, mm. like that kind of works perfectly mm. in a in a movie like that. Right. Yeah. Um, so that that whole the whole tone of, of um, darkness felt like very much this movie. Um, but I thought they did a good job and um, it felt it was nice to see Bruce's music. I know he's probably huger overseas than he is here. If that's if you can imagine like he's really unbelievably huge in like Barcelona and Italy was Blinded by the Light song in that movie or no at the end yeah yeah, yeah. So that was before Darkness yeah I know yeah. I think that was the only song I said yeah. that I think was earlier I have to go back and look at the whole list but no, um, I think it was even in the movie movie was it I yeah, think it, it was been. yeah at the end they didn't use that song um for the credits I thought that they he kind of referenced it and it was also interesting to hear his his he interpreted the song in an interesting way and kind of admitted that he reread the lyrics and reinterpreted it and re- reinterpreted it in an even more different way than he? He, the main character. Oh. He was giving um, like a like a speech. Yeah. So so what it meant to him at one point and then it you know kind of changed what the, what the lyrics mm. meant to him and how he kind of put them in the context of his own life changed again, which happens all the time with music, right? As yeah. you get older and your experiences change. Um, the music can mean something different. Um, oh, am I keeping me. you up? Um, but it was a real feel-good movie. It was. I got like no sleep last night because our freaking AC wasn't working, oh, yeah, it was and it was the most miserable thing ever. Um, anyway, I I recommend so back to Bruce. It. Back to Bruce. Um, I shoved Springsteen's music down Tess's throat, starting like in utero, like wouldn't mm-hmm. shut the fuck up about it. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, she's going to be a Bruce fan. That's it. And, of course, that backfired. Well, because you backfire anything your parents, like, want you to watch. You know, you're always like, watch Jerry Maguire. And I'm like, no, you like it, you know. And then, like, I watched it. And I'm like, it's my favorite movie ever, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but, you know, now so I've let it go and I stopped talking about it. And now she's a fan. Mm-hmm. Go figure. Yeah, I love it. Smart kid. That's right. I remember. Like, in the movie, he was like, 
he like when he first heard it like it like stuck with him and he's like wow i'll remember this forever and then pam when we got in the car she was like i remember when i first heard bruce like and i was like i i heard bruce my whole life but like when i realized i liked him like i remember it like so vividly i was like lying in bed listening to like a 70s playlist and i heard like born to run and i was like oh my god this is like really good like really good and like i knew some of the words because like obviously you like shoved it down my throat like you said mm-hmm. um and then i was like alexa play like bruce springsteen and then like she was just playing it all night and i like stayed up for a while because i was like wow this is pretty good yep this is pretty freaking good so there was that movie and then let's move on to tv okay um, we saw 13 reasons why what excellent do you think? What do you think? i loved it i the article that we read today on it about like his suggest like it'll 13 reasons why the the writer hated it what that was 13 reasons why the writer hated this show this season three who's the writer it doesn't matter. It's from New York Magazine. But that's oh, the is that article. What it's like called? Yeah, that's the article oh, you're talking I about. I like definitely agreed on most of it, what he was saying, because I never really saw it like that. But then also on th- some things I didn't. And I know that doesn't help like people listening, but I figured maybe you'd bring it up because Yeah, it's I don't know. It look that that show is so good. And they it, do everything good. <laughs> like it probably didn't need to do this season at all. It could have ended after last season. It could have ended after the first season. Well, and that's the thing. Like, if you get renewed before. Well, no, but they ended the second season on a cliffhanger. No, so, they didn't. Yes, they did. What was the cliffhanger? Tyler. I don't want to spoil it. Oh. Spring Fling. Oh, yeah. Or whatever well, it was. Homecoming. We're going to spoil things. So, anyway... Michael's this, gonna this rewatch was, it. This season, he'll forget. This season was a slow <laughs> one. I thought. Forgot. The third, the it was definitely slow. They have a, a new character who like did a lot of the narrative. Okay. Almost all of the she narrating. She was uh, super annoying. Well, I mean, like she was. Like, I don't want to be mean and say like I hated her character because she's getting so much freaking hate for it, and I feel bad. You don't hate her. No, I don't. But the whole the but way they like, used her as a narrator was so annoying. No, but like she's been there for what, like eight months, and she like was so nosy. And she's like lurking behind every freaking corner. Every time there's a conversation, you see her head peek out. From, like, <laughs> yeah, somewhere. it was so annoying. Like I like I just totally imagine her like having like her own like room like through the locker so she can like hear everything yeah. or like put like those like windows that like look like mirrors but it's like see through yeah. like everywhere in yeah. people's rooms just to so see what's going on. They also so it was so annoying because they had to okay it's basically the season is who killed Bryce Walker he is the serial rapist he's like the worst kid ever um, but you know but, okay sorry what yeah. I was going to say earlier when you interrupted me mm-hmm. um, haha. um I didn't want to be rude against her character because people don't understand the difference between someone's character or not because the guy who plays Bryce Walker, Justin something, sorry, I don't know his name, gets, like, so much hate. But it's his character. Right. And everyone in the cast and crew is, like, he is the sweetest person alive. I'm sure he you is. You know? So it's, like, it's like really difficult for, like, not to, like... Okay, well, yeah. only an idiot would hate the actor. A lot of people can't tell the difference. Oh, God. They shouldn't be allowed to watch TV. You should need a license. But, Pam, you also made some comments when I showed you who it was. Who what was? What? Never mind. No, I I don't dislike the actor. She goes I dislike, uh, dislike the character. No, she goes. She goes. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna say it. What? That I thought he looked older. No. Oh. You go. You go. He looks like a rapist. I did 
I swear to God you said that. Well, maybe the character, the way he plays it. No, I go, look at his Instagram. He's kind of cute. And he goes, he looks like a rapist. I definitely did not say that. I did not. I never saw it. I swear to God. You know why? You know why? You know why? I know you said. no recollection. You know why I have recollection that you said that? Because now I'm like, wait, I can't think he's cute. Pam thinks he looks like a rapist. I was definitely, if I said that, I was joking. Because there's no way I would ever think think an actor would look like that. There's no way. Well, anyway, people change, Pam. The whole thing <laughs> is that, like, the writers want to show you that everyone is, like, fighting, you know, their own inner demons and they are not always what they seem on the surface and people can change. So they're trying to justify, they're trying to show you this other side of him, right? But they also, because he was murdered and were close to the characters who murdered him. They also want to show that he, you know, they don't want to make you hate the other characters. So they keep vacillating between him being a total prick and to being somewhat redeemable. Hmm. Or even just being like having a little empathy for him because he's doing a lot of, you know, soul searching and he's trying to change, but then he keeps going back and forth. Oh my God, wait. So it's just, it's it's a weird way they did that. Hmm. I, I kind of liked that though. Because I thought it's like, it really showed how someone is like trying to, it's like, it reminded me of like someone like trying to like quit like smoking or something. Like it's so difficult because you feel like the urge and then like when you like, like if you're like a drug addict, Mm -hmm. you know, and then like sometimes you're just like, I can't like quit and then you go back to it. Mm -hmm. I felt like it was kind of like that, how not like he's like, I stop raping and then like he goes, I didn't, I don't mean it like that. I mean it like how... Um, he could, he's just trying to change, but like, it's hard to like, quote, like, like, I don't really mean like let go, you know, mm-hmm. of like who he was. Cause it's like difficult, you know? Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, you know, you're always like, Tess, stop being a smart ass. And I'm like, I can't stop being who I am. That's a terrible example. <laughs> it was the first one that came to mind. Because if that really is who you are, then I do want you to change who you are. Yeah. <laughs> dingus. <laughs> You're dingus. All right, let's All right. get along. So okay, let's let's, along. let's go back to. So we really don't have that much left. So let's talk about. Um, Wait. What? One through ten. Wait, who's your favorite character? On Thirteen Reasons. Yeah. Oh God. It's not even a bad question. Maybe there are so many cuties and maybe like great maybe people. Justin. Yeah. Or you what's his who, name? Oh, you, what's his name? Um, you Zach. Know, yeah, you already know who mine is. Zach's a sweetie. Zach is my favorite character. Oh my god, when he was beating up blank blank. Done. Done oh. for the night. <laughs> okay. Anyway. <laughs> um let's move on. My favorite my oh, favorite god, moment. Help me. <laughs> I will go I will literally rewind the tape of you talking for like four minutes about <laughs> Fleabag and the Fleabag is freaking brilliant shut up at the fourth wall and breaking the fourth wall that no one cares <laughs> <laughs> you know what at least I, no one wants to hear a 14 year old girl lust after grown men no nobody that's not what I'm doing here I was saying my favorite part was in the show when Tyler was like, when Zach was like, why is my picture on the wall? I mean, it's a good photo. There's not a lot of good photos of me or something like that. And then Tyler's like, bruh, you know you're handsome, right? And he goes, Psh, well. Okay. That's all I was going to say. Okay. Oh, and then did you know that so when they break the fourth wall, they do this thing where she looks at the camera and then, then, then. <laughs> 
I'm going to break your face oh. into the fourth wall. Do it. I'd like to see you do it. I want you to do I it. I want a podcast, so I can't do it now. I'll do it after. Anytime when someone, like, quote, oh threatens God. me, like, sometimes they're at school, they'll be like, <laughs> Tess, you're so annoying. <laughs> Wait, that was a bad example. But, like, <laughs> <laughs> I know it wasn't. No, because I was going to say, like, you know, like, sometimes when your friends are like, oh, my God, I'm going to beat you up. Or, like, oh, I want to kill you, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm just, I just go, do it. Do it now. Right now. I want you to do it. And then they get all weird. So that's what you got to do. You got to pressure them into doing it, and then they won't don't, do it. Uh, don't pressure me. Okay. Let's, Can't my pressure you. Uh, peer pressure you. Oh, my God. I've been trying. Fine. Move on. I'm done with this podcast anyways. Okay. Oh, good. So the next thing that I want to talk about was Peanut Butter Falcon. We saw it yesterday, and it's a new movie with Shia LaBeouf and Dakota um, Johnson. And it is the story of a young man with Down syndrome. He runs. He lives in a residential nursing home because um, he has got no uh, family. So he runs away to follow his dream um, of attending a professional wrestling school, and that's run by a wrestler called Saltwater <laughs> Redneck, Thomas Hayden Church. And um, is he like famous? Yeah. And he, it's just a great, it's like the most unexpected buddy movie ever, but it's the sweetest movie. It's so cute. And it just is, you can't, I don't know if you can not love this movie. It was so sweet. Yeah. And it was like really good because I enjoy like, okay, spoiler alerts. Obviously Shia LaBeouf and Johnson. Dakota Johnson. Dakota Johnson. Obviously they were going to end up and they hint at it at the trailer. But how they ended the movie is, like, they're not really together, but they, like, love each other. You know what I'm saying? And it's not, it's not like, like, you know, like, oh, they're together. Like, I like it when movies end more naturally, you know? Without a like, nice, tidy... No one hate on me on this. Yeah. Like, how What's-It-Face, um, Notting Hill should have ended. Oh, God, you hated... You bring up Notting Hill every chance you get. You if Notting it. Hill just ended with her leaving... It would be a better movie. Okay. Fair because enough. we need to bring reality more into movies. Okay. Fair enough. And this movie was so much more. Well, it wasn't that realistic that they just ended up like becoming a family together. There's well, a bunch of well, spoiler alerts. Well, obviously, Sorry. there was like, there's stuff they have to do. Right. But, I mean, but they did know. mention that she comes from money. So that was the way of kind of explaining it. Yeah. And like. Yeah, I mean, the one scene where he's, like, throwing the guy when he, like, actually does a wrestling thing and he mm-hmm. throws the guy, it was so fake looking. But I think it was supposed to look fake. Yeah, I thought so, too. Remember, it was the whole thing about your story, like, a great story to tell. And in the story, they're going to tell it. Like, he threw him, like, you know, feet. he weighed, like, 10 pounds, you know, and that's what it looked like. Yeah. So it was, that was cool, I thought. Yeah. It was either that or, you know. You're a shitty director. <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. Um. Okay. It so was great. I, and then we come home, and stepdon John is like, "Oh yeah, I worked on that movie." Oh yeah, he's like, "I dealt with the what? music." It was like m- the music. He dealt with the music uh, for like the last year, and we didn't even know. Yeah. Like, does he even know? Like, I like love it. Okay, I am. <laughs> that made no sense. Wow. I, Michael, mm. you will love this show. I'm going to tell you about right now. Okay. Because I'm of, going your to pri- start of your criminal background. Oh, excellent. Yeah. It's called Mind Hunter, second season, Netflix. And it's about, it takes place in, it starts out like in the earlier 70s and it's FBI. And at the time that it starts, you know, 
behavioral science isn't even an area at the FBI. Mm. So the idea of studying and interviewing serial killers, the, actually the term serial killer isn't even coined at this point, but the idea of interviewing serial killers to learn and to get insight into the mind of a psychopath to be able to solve future ones oh, that's quicker. What it's about? Yeah, well that's the the that's the thing that they're doing in the movie. That's their job, right? And it's brilliant. They actually TV show. sorry, in the T V show. And they actually interview real you know, they have an actor playing David Berkowitz and they have an actor playing Manson and you know, they talk mm. to real life serial killers. And they're building this database Wait, and a protocol for the FBI. How did they really get them? I thought they died. Oh, you're funny. Thank they you. Deal, they deal, you know, I will really, be here all night. Um, they're building a database and a protocol for how to deal with these kinds of crimes going mm. forward. But um, it's fascinating. And But the, the center of it is, are this, these two men who are really you know the heart and soul of the, of the team and huh. their own personal problems and you know Excuse things me. that happen in their personal lives and it's it's just a really good um story the second season that i just binged it takes pl- a lot of it has to do with the i don't know if you remember i don't remember this i was too young and i apparently didn't get a ton of play nationally but there was a string of murders in, over a couple of years 79 to 81 in in atlanta kids all african-american most of them were kids. It was like 28 or 29, and almost the, all of them were kids. Some of them were like, you know, <clears throat> early 20s. Mm-hmm. And because of, you know, the color of their skin, it got ignored for a really long time. So wow. a lot of it is that's unfolding simultaneously, and they're trying to solve that. It's Sorry. just fascinating, and it's nine episodes. So and, uh, the case even they, someone like you could actually watch it. Watch it. Yeah. Someone like you, Michael. Do you see how she separates yeah, you? No, that's horrible. Uh, yes, I, it sounds interesting. I it know. is really yeah. interesting, yeah. Um, but the cases that they solve on, in the show are real-life cases. Yes. So you there, already... The one that's been slowly unfolding since season one is called the BTK Killer, I believe it is. It's um, Bind, Torture, Kill is BTK. And I don't know if that's a real one. I have to look that one up. Um, but it's, it's really fascinating in this, in season two, one of the things they're really focusing on are like the idea of like, yep, it's a real thing. Is it? It's a strangler. BTK strangler. Yeah. So that's, he's, he's killed. They're like, they're, they're, he's on their radar Mm -hmm. and they're trying to kind of come up with a profile for him as they talk to these other people. But um, oh yeah, and he looks just like that in the in the show. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to build a profile for him. So they're talking to all these other killers, and one of the things they're talking about are how certain killers can get other people to recruit for them, and that whole psychology really? of of yeah of being so powerful with your mind, like Manson. Mm-hmm. Manson, they killed for Manson. They didn't recruit for him necessarily, but they mm-hmm. killed for him. But another um, killer that they talk about, and I don't remember his name, but he had high school a high school boy who would get him his the boys that he would you know he would torture and kill, and just th- having that kind of influence yeah. impact on someone and mm. manipulation. It's fascinating. Fascinating. Um, 
Okay, so Tess, why don't you actually? Oh my, I think we did it all. Yeah. No. The only thing we were going to talk about was Chappelle, Sticks and Stones, his new um, Netflix show. Did you see it? His new Netflix stand-up. I don't like it. I didn't like it either. I love him. I had some problems with this one. Um, it's so tough, you know, with comedy. It is. It's, it's really tough. I saw an interview with um, Ricky Gervais where he told a story of doing a show and he basically made, told jokes about, you know, r- rape and cancer and peop- and the Holocaust and Anne Frank and all these things, all these different groups. <clears throat> Not making fun of them, but, you know, jokes that were pegged to them in in some way. And he got a letter from someone from a group who was like, we loved your show. We just had a big problem with Anne Frank, you know, with what you said about that. And Mm -hmm. he was like, but you saw the satire in everything else I said. But because that thing Mm -hmm. is your thing, you couldn't see the satire in that. Right. Right, (coughs) Excuse me. You're. Your mic thing just fell off. Oh, Ugh, stretch, oh no. stretch, stretch, stretch. The okay? little. Uh oh. Houston, we have a problem. What? What did I do? Oh. <laughs> ah, that's what they say in the professional business. <laughs> All right. So she's her first time of um, covering for. Uh, okay, something. so I'm gonna I be said talking I'm now. Off my Poletta. Um. I I thought some of it was funny. Yeah. I don't know. Well. It it wasn't great. Like the last one, I don't know if it was his like last recent one, but one of the ones he did for Netflix, it was like in like a TV sort of thing. He like did like two yeah in a row with it. I didn't. And it was the most. It was so funny. Like it like it reminded me of like a John Mulaney one where everything makes me laugh. And that Dave Chappelle one, everything made me laugh, pretty much. Now it's close to drama. You cannot be my baby. But in this one, like, I laughed, like, tw- like once every, like, t- tw- 15, 20 minutes, you know? Yeah. It would th- be like a... I <laughs> think uh, Chappelle, usually when he's... When I'm like, wow, that was offensive. If he says something, I'm like, wow, that was offensive. But hilarious and insightful and smart. And I thought a lot of the stuff that was offensive wasn't particularly funny. Um, no, it was more. I, I don't. I personally don't like it when like comedians like talk about like what's going on unless they do it like in a f- like a like a like a horse in the hospital thing with like John Mulaney and like Donald metaphors. Trump. Metaphors. Yeah, he did or that like a little bit. No, no, no. Or like in the sense of like talking about something, but not like talking about the issue. Just more of like making it a joke. Because he was like going on about like the Michael Jackson thing, mm-hmm. and he was just talking about how he really doesn't believe it. Mo- most yeah, he's of it. like, I don't believe and the people who said that they were raped. He just doesn't believe it, and which isn't really funny. It's not like be more interesting about it, right? Okay, mm-hmm. I won't talk. No, talk. No, it's okay. Please, I don't remember what I was gonna say now. Like genuinely, I don't remember now. Oh, really? Yeah. You'll, you'll, it'll come back to it. I was gonna say he talks about Michael Jackson, R. Kelly, Louis C.K. You see, when, okay, now I can't remember. Go. So, it's like, like that's why like John Mulaney is so great because he like will talk about things like 
that happen to everyone. Like, that's why, like, I think, like, what's his name? Um, Jerry Seinfeld was funny because he, like, like made jokes about things that happen to everyone. Like, who, like, will make jokes about, like, flight attendants, you know? Like, and the whole, like, peanut bags. Like, remember we saw that? Mm-hmm. Like, like, he just made things that were so relatable so funny that you, like, kind of think about. And it just comes off funny. Like, that's what John Mulaney does. But, like, everyone is, like, doing things. Every, every comedian is doing things like the same sort of thing. Like, talking about the Michael Jackson thing or something, you know? Or, like... And, like, just talking about it and not having, like, a story related to it. Or, like... Aziz did a lot of the same topics. Yeah. But he, I thought he did it in a much funnier way. Yeah, because he can... Because he has, like... I feel like stories... Well, he also, like, went through, like... Something similar, yeah. Well, not really No, well, similar. not similar, but he had a Me Too moment. Yeah, exactly. So, like, he can make fun of himself in that way. Yeah, but you know, he, like like when he did the um, R. Kelly thing in one of his earlier stand-ups, that was so funny because he was just talking about like a story of his, not like how like. But that was also, oh, R. Kelly does this stuff. That you know? was not. That was years ago before. I know, but it still came out that he did it. Yeah, I know. But okay, yeah, never mind. I, I, no, I I did think that um, Aziz handled it better because he was funny. Also, Aziz didn't make everything about him. Chappelle made everything about him what he thinks and it was just it just wasn't interesting yeah i like i like comedy when it's more about like a story you have not about your opinion you know yeah, i agree like like jim gaffigan he like when he talks about like his family it's so funny mm-hmm. and when he talked about his wife getting a brain tumor right i don't know if he heard that no, I have actually. I've heard she talks and about it's that a like, lot. And it's like the most serious thing ever, but it's like the the funniest thing I've yeah, ever heard. Yeah, I know, I know. You know. So I don't know. And he's not making fun of cancer. That's, no, that's the, that's the thing. You know, that's what people you're not, don't get. Yeah, you're I not. Think a you're lot, not. You, know? you don't make fun of it. Right. You just kind of like make a joke right. of it, but in right. like a such respect. Right. Like Larry David hosted SNL, and part of his opening monologue, he was talking about like. How awful he, how he has zero game with women. Like, he's just so awful with women. And he put it in the setting of being at, like, a concentration camp (laughs) and not knowing what to say. (laughs) Like, his, like, pickup line at a concentration camp was so lame. He was in no way, he just chose that absurd setting to illustrate his point. It was so funny, right? Mm -hmm. He was in no way saying the Holocaust, you know, was silly or making fun of it or, you know, Everyone, you know, so many people were so upset with him, but it was just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, um, yeah. Because I think so I, I also think like if someone like takes it like really offensive, but like they're joking like that, you know, it it like it like kind of makes it better because like I don't know, like I rem- I what was what was I gonna refer to? Damn it! Oh yeah, and um, Je- Jim Jeffries. Mm-hmm. And Jim Jeffries, when he's talking about how he's making fun of a reporter when he's talking when he's talking about the Bill Cosby thing and how he would like to be raped by Bill Cosby mm-hmm. because he makes it in such a funny way, but it's so messed up. But it's it's like so great because like like everyone thinks it's funny, but that like one person has to like write an article about it. Like he should not be saying those people who were raped by Bill Cosby like are right. Damage for life, you know. It's like yes, he's we not, know, but he's like not, doesn't think it's funny. We're not talking about that they were hurt. Exactly. Yeah, no, I know. 
Okay, yeah, I'm not going to go on. I can't explain my taste in comedy. You did a good job. Thank you. All right. Okay. Michael of the prisons. Mm Mm-hmm. We're, we're done. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> we're called Karma Death on this I love how you bitch. guys end, end your shit. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <Thanks. laughs> Later. All right. Thank you. Pieces. Deuces. Bye. Out.